Welcome to Interviews with Entrepreneurs Show, where we interview entrepreneurs who are super awesome in their niches. And guys, RJ here back again with an amazing guest on our show. Today's guest is Jared Yellen. He is actually the co-founder of 10X Incubator alongside Grant Cardone. Not only that, you can call Jared as a non-technical co-founder who found a way to scale his company with no money upfront. So not only that, in June of 2020, he actually declared a new moonshot, which, uh, which was essentially help people over 10,000 tech companies actually to let uh, to a successful business uh, essentially. And then he was able to do it as well from which he actually created the mission of uh, Project 10K. So we're gonna talk about a lot of things as well. So the big question is this, how these entrepreneurs who started from scratch and had no idea how to sell or market their products or services online and then later on made over six figures, seven figures, eight figures, or even nine figures, became best in their niches and found their dream customers to sell. My name is RJ Ahmed and find this all out on our interviews with entrepreneurs show where I interview all these entrepreneurs and try to pick their brain on how they actually did all of that and how they took their business as well as their life to the next level. This podcast is all about the entrepreneurs who strive so hard to become super awesome in their niches Welcome to Interviews with Entrepreneurs. So please welcome Jared Yellen. Awesome, RJ. Thank you, my friend. I'm honored to be here. I love what you're doing. Uh, it's making a huge impact in the world. So I'm an open book. You got me for 20 minutes, then I got to run. So ask me anything that you believe will serve your audience. Yeah, first of all, I want to start with a quick, like, brief backstory, like, how the journey actually started for you to the point where you are at the moment? Yeah, I'd love to help. So um, one thing that I realized really early in life, probably like most of the people that are listening to your show, um, is that I was completely and utterly unemployable. At a very early age, I realized that. So I went all in on entrepreneurship. I've had a pretty solid run for the past uh, 18 years with some beautiful learning experiences sprinkled throughout. I'm what you call a non-tech tech founder. So what that means is there's not an engineering bone in my body. I know how to write direct response marketing copy and I know how to sell. And somehow, some way I did everything that you could conceivably do wrong while building a B2B SaaS platform. But I landed on my feet and the company is pretty successful today. But I got a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. I self-funded the venture. I, I lost two years and $2 million at my first bout at it pick myself back up. And uh, we've now turned that business into a pretty viable B2B SaaS platform supporting tens of thousands of small business owners around the world. That company is called Synduit. And as I started to scale Synduit, I began to realize that I was obsolete within that business. There was no defined role for me yeah. anymore. The team knew what they needed to do. The business was growing without me. So I took a step back and I said, what's next? And one thing that I realized as an entrepreneur, really as a person, is that when you pursue A, what you're not pursuing is B, C, D, E, F, G, et cetera. And that's called opportunity cost. So I did this assessment of my life and I said, okay, over the past few years of building Synduit, what did I not focus on? Where did I leave the most opportunity on the table? And what I realized was that over the years of building Synduit, I had dozens of friends come to me and pitch me their tech ideas. And the reason they were coming to me is that I was the guy that figured it out. The non-tech tech founder that successfully built and scaled a B2B SaaS platform. And the reason they were coming to me besides for the fact that I figured it out is of my infrastructure. 
We have a software development firm that we own, yeah. a marketing agency, a biz dev firm. We have operations figured out. So they'd pitch me their ideas, RJ. And the majority of the ideas were ridiculous. They weren't thoughtful. There was no market for it. But there was a dozen of them that were really good. And every time that an entrepreneur would pitch me their idea, I'd say, you should do something with this. And they were like, cool, let's do it together. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm building this B2B SaaS platform. They're like, all right, but can I use your team? I'm like, no, they're building this B2B SaaS platform. So as I'm sitting there one day thinking to myself, where have I had the most opportunity cost? I thought about those 12 entrepreneurs. I called each of them up. They're all very close friends of mine. And I said, hey, what did you ever do with that idea? 11 of the 12 did nothing which means they're going to die with their greatest potential inside. And one attempted to do it on their own and lost $300,000 and said, I'll never do tech again. And that's when my light bulb went on. And I realized that there is no home for the idea. Because when somebody has a tech idea, they're too early for venture capital. They're too needy for angel investors. They're just not the right fit for an incubator or an accelerator program and software development firms are just unfit. They're not the right solution because traditionally when an entrepreneur has an idea, a tech idea, they're a visionary with a small budget. And what that looks like for a software development firm is a lawsuit with accounts receivable. So where do you go if you have a tech idea? And that's why we launched Project 10K, which is the home of the napkin idea. Where we work with entrepreneurs from around the world and we take their napkins on a journey to an exit within 18 to 24 to 36 months is our goal. Wow, this is definitely amazing. And uh, since you mentioned one more thing out there, I wanna address as well, that whenever an idea came along, you had a circle of uh, people out there to, you know, that you go around and discuss with everything out there, which is kind of like the proximity uh, of your own circle. So like how you were able to, I would say like grow your network, which was also help you out to elevate yourself alongside, you know, alongside the people out there that you hanged out with? So I have this saying, it's a, it's a, this is going to definitely be the, the memorable moment for the presentation. What I tell people is this, I said, everybody poops, it's your responsibility to make them shit. So what does that mean? And this is a really important lesson for everybody, because what most people do when they're just getting started is they think that someone that's already achieved higher levels of success, they're beyond them. But when you start to realize they're just a human being, everybody's got to poop, but it's your responsibility when you connect with them to make them shit. And what I mean by that is they're like, oh, shit, this is amazing what you're doing. So what I've done is I've always focused on building relationship capital. And I'd always reach up. I reach up to entrepreneurs that have done something that I wanted to do. I find some way to get on a call with them. I would learn more about them on the call. And it was up to me when I was speaking with them to identify what voids existed in their life or in their business and how could I fill one of those voids? And whenever I was able to fill one of those voids, I would cast a moonshot, a vision of what I was going to accomplish, and then share the practical path, the steps that I was taking to make that moonshot a reality. And then as a result of doing that and executing, I built a really big network over time. And I've always told young entrepreneurs, there is nothing more valuable than the relationships you have in your life. So cultivate them, groom them, add to them, and just make sure that you do what you say you're gonna do at all times. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So as you mentioned, like you've actually helped out or you're on the path of helping out over 10,000 tech companies uh, to grow and succeed. You know, last time we actually interviewed the CEO of Flippa on our podcast and he was actually talking about like tech is something that uh, if you're not, you know, if you're not innovating into it, it's kind of like obsolete. So like in your perspective, like what are, what are the main essentials that make a tech company actually really work out instead of, you know, failing? 
So one of the things that happens with within 99% of tech companies, because 99% of them will fail, is that product drives marketing. And what that means is somebody comes up with an idea and they build a product. And that's the path to fail because you have a 1% chance that you actually are building the right product for a market. So the first thing you want to do is identify an inefficiency and then come up with a solution, but not build anything. And then you want to market the solution before you build anything. And you want to see if there's a large enough audience that can identify with the problem and your solution and they're willing to pay for it. What we call that is marketing drives product. So we will market before we build anything to ensure that when we start to build, we're building the right thing. In addition, when we start to build, we're only going to build for 60 to 120 days. That's it. Mm-hmm. We have to launch something because what we don't want to do is overbuild. We want to build just enough yeah. to satisfy the need of what the market told us to determine whether or not that we are able to generate enough cash flow to then reinvest, to then start to scale that business even further. But make sure if you have an idea, market it before you build it to determine whether or not there's enough people that can identify with the problem and are willing to pay for your solution. Mm, Okay. Like, do do you think that uh, these exact same characteristics, what are the common patterns uh, for the 10,000 tech companies out there that you kind of like helped out with? Yeah, for all of them, that's what we do. So we didn't do that from the start. Like when this project first started, we were one detail ahead of where we needed to be at all times. So we weren't that far along. But now looking back at what worked versus what has not worked, when we were having product drive marketing, we almost always missed the mark because we don't have a crystal ball. So we, we committed to what the person with the idea believed to be the solution. We built that solution. We then launched it. And there was a handful of times that there was no audience willing to pay for it. So we said, okay, yeah. what should we do to reduce our risk? Because that's really what entrepreneurship is. It's just a game of risk. And you should always be focused on what can you do to reduce your risk? So we said, okay, well, what if we were to market a solution before we build it? And we created a page that would be a sales page, maybe a clickable prototype on that sales page. And it would be whatever the solution was going to be. And we could see whether or not we could pre-sale or at least be able to opt in to get on a waiting list just to get some data to know that we're on something or not. I'd rather find out that we missed the mark by putting up a sales page than we missed the mark after investing six figures into a SaaS platform that has no audience. So you're going to miss the mark somewhere. You might as well miss it with less risk because if you miss it on the sales page, it's a $500 change to then attempt to sell it differently. If you miss it after $100,000 or more is invested, it's very hard to pivot that because you're already so invested. It's just a discipline. It's really hard for most people to wrap their arms around, but that's what we do at Project 10K. Marketing drives product versus product driving marketing. Yeah, that's that's so amazing. And also the nickname that you actually got assigned to, which is a non-technical co-founder, which is super fascinating because a lot of people feel like in tech and startup, uh, most people have to be a little bit technical, uh, but they're, you know, both of the essentials coming along. Like one one have to be a non-technical person out there to handle all of the things out. Like how you handle uh, a lot of things that are actually going on with the company while being a non-technical and uh, still having an, an idea like what's going on on the other side to see the progress coming along. So what I've learned is the only way to successfully build a tech company, if you're non-technical, is to find a technical co-founder. There's no other way to do it. And it's nearly impossible to find a technical co-founder because what people traditionally will do is they'll go on Upwork, they'll post their very poorly written uh, statement of work, and they'll start getting proposals for it. 
but it's not really a statement of work. It's like a very high level, very high level overview of what they want built. Somebody gives a random number just to try to get the deal. That becomes your technical co-founder who's not a co-founder. They're just getting paid by you to build something, even if that something isn't the right something. They're not going to guide you to to safety because that's not what they're there to do. They're there to build exactly what you've asked them to build. So it never works. Like you need a technical co-founder, someone that has equity in the deal. Their values are aligned. They care about the outcome as much as you care about the outcome. And after being a non-technical tech founder now for for a decade, I've realized you just can't find that. That is an anomaly. It is serendipity. When When you find it, you should never let go of it. So I said, okay, what if we built human infrastructure to become the optimal founder? Because it's not just about the technical founder. It's about the operations team. The go-to-market team, the business development team, the accounting team, the bookkeeping team, the legal team, the security law team. Like there's so many nuances to successfully building and then scaling and then selling a tech company that the likelihood of pulling it off is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of 1%. So instead, we built a what we call business operating system. It's a predictable linear path that every entrepreneur travels once we say yes to them that removes anything ambiguous. Because in early stage entrepreneurship, when entrepreneurs wake up, and you know this, RJ, they wake up and they're like, I don't know if I'm one step away from success or one step away from failure. That's a horrible feeling. So when we work with entrepreneurs, they just know where they are at all times. And we're truly a co-founder in the relationship. So we care about the outcome as much as they care about the outcome. And that's why the dynamics work. Yeah. So they're more certain around like where they are at the moment. Because we're working with them. They're not alone, right? Think about the journey of entrepreneurship. It's dark. It's isolating. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. Like there's really no positive words to attach to the journey of entrepreneurship. Once you've arrived, it's fun, but the journey is really rough. And I just don't understand why it has to be that way. And that's really what makes Project 10K so special is we tell entrepreneurs all the time. Yes, we are your product management team. We are your software development team. We are your biz dev team, your go-to-market team, your accounting team, your legal team. But that's not the most valuable thing. The most valuable thing that we offer you is you're not taking the journey by yourself. You're in an ecosystem. That's what we are. We're a venture ecosystem. And that ecosystem has other co-founders. It has shareholders, strategic alliances. It has our team. And as a result of that, you're never alone. And when you're never alone, the journey becomes significantly more fun. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. Since you mentioned that you've been in the space for o- over a decade, uh, I would love to ask, and I always love to ask this, this question is like, what actually helped you stay relevant for the last decade? And I'm pretty sure that you have the plan uh, for further on as well, but what are the some core things actually that made you relevant for the last decade? And what are the plans to stay relevant for the upcoming one? So it's what we teach our founders, which is as a entrepreneur, it is your responsibility. It's no one else's. It's your responsibility to always have something new and exciting to talk about. And if you always have new and exciting things to talk about, then you're always going to stay relevant. Now, some might say, but I have nothing new and exciting. So go and manufacture yeah. new and exciting. Do something different, whether that means launch another platform, find a different audience to sell your platform to, create a really unique marketing campaign. Whatever it might be for you, find a mechanism to create new and exciting. Get press, get on a podcast, do something new and exciting so that when you're reaching out to people that you know or you're asking for introductions to people that are one degree away from you, which means that someone that you know knows someone else, or you're doing cold outbound or reaching out people that you don't know yet, when you're reaching out, it's new, it's exciting, and as a result of that, you will always remain relevant. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's amazing. So speaking of that, 
since in the introduction, we also mentioned uh, mentioned you co-founded 10X Incubator with Grant Cardone. Like how you actually uh, landed up that, you know, and co-founded 10X Incubator with it? Like what was the quick uh, story around that? It's, it's an interesting story. So um, probably about 18 months ago from the time of this recording, um, I got a phone call from uh, Grant Cardone's office. And uh, when I answered the phone, they were like, hey, this is Grant Cardone's office. We don't know if you know who Grant is, but he's a, he's a real estate mogul, personal development icon, author, et cetera. And I knew of Grant. I, I didn't know him personally, but I knew of Grant. And he said, Grant thinks you're either crazy or onto something, but he wants to meet with you. And I live in Florida. So I drove out to meet with him. And like I said, I knew of Grant. I didn't know him personally. His style yeah. did much for me, but I have deep respect for what he's accomplished. So I went into his office and uh, it was a completely different experience than what I expected. His kids were there. His wonderful wife was there. And he was just a wonderful human. Like we just absolutely aligned. He listened. He asked questions. He was intrigued. And as I was about to leave, he said, Jared, I have to support this project. And I was thinking to myself, what could Grant Cardone do with me? Like in so many ways, he's like the antithesis of what we're doing because he's a hard asset guy. He's a real estate guy, right? And he actually tells people, don't invest in anything you can't touch. Well, you can't touch software, right? You could touch real estate, but you can't touch software. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, you know something, he's also really polarizing. People either absolutely love him or they can't stand him, but universally, Everybody knows he's a great investor. There's not many people that have invested their way to success the way that he has. He hasn't like a big exit. Like it's just he's he has literally put his effort, blood, sweat, and tears into creating what he has in his life today. So off the cuff, I'm like, why don't you invest in the project? And he goes, I'm in. So I was like, cool. So he became an investor in the actual project itself. And I said, what else do you want to do together? And he said, I want to have an offer that I could bring all of the entrepreneurs in the 10X ecosystem that have tech ideas, can we launch 10X Incubator together? And it'll be a source for new deals for you. And I'm like, let's do it. So we launched 10X Incubator, which is a version of Project 10K. We have a lot of people like Grant we've partnered with, other thought leaders as well. And it's been a really successful venture. More importantly, I consider him a dear friend. He, he does what he says he's going to do. And that is something that I value in all of my partnerships. So he's been a wonderful person to work with. It's created a lot of open doors for us as well. But more importantly, it's helped a lot of the entrepreneurs that we've co-founded companies with because whenever they are relevant, Grant's able to promote them. And when Grant promotes things, it goes very far. So that's the evolution yeah. of my relation with Grant Cardone. Wow. So cool. Well, what is the next plan for you out there that you are going for, essentially? So what we built at Product 10K is really special. Without even trying, we have more women than men founders right now. Uh, we have most ethnicities represented. Our youngest founder is a teenager and the oldest is a very mature adult. It's never too early and never too late when you have the right team. Uh, we have high school dropouts. We have Ivy League graduates. We have a huge push right now into the veteran community and an even bigger push into the faith-driven entrepreneurship community as well. And what has transpired is we have an enormous amount of attention. And that attention is so diverse from family offices, private equity, venture capital, top business schools, incubators, accelerators. And the reason we have the attention is because of the impact. We're democratizing and decentralizing the technology industry. Our next big move, because we have over 100 companies in our portfolio today, and we'll onboard thousands and thousands in the years to come, is that starting at some point in 2024, we're going to begin to license our infrastructure. Think of this mm. almost like a franchise for a venture studio, which is kind of like what we are. And that's really interesting because we're now going to have 
physical locations in cities and countries around the world, bringing our infrastructure to other locations. So we already have a wait list for this uh, from top business schools that want to have this offer for their students. Incubators and accelerators are more of a high-touch offer. Uh, successful people that have had a series of exits. They're like, what's next? I want to run my own studio, but they don't want to figure it out. They don't want to figure out processes, systems, and infrastructure. And then even countries, RJ, the country of Mexico right now, is assembling a team to bring Project 10K into Mexico. So that's the next really big move for us, other than what we're already doing, which is co-founding companies every single month with entrepreneurs from around the world. We wanna start setting up physical locations and they're truly gonna be innovation centers where napkin ideas are brought to life, they begin to generate cash flow, they go on a journey for scale and then eventually an exit as well. Awesome. So if somebody actually who wants to be the part of your world or somebody who wants to check out uh, and want, want to hear more about it, like where people can go and find it? Uh, go to project10k.com, project10k, the number 10k.com. And uh, if you have a tech idea uh, right on that page, you'll see you have an opportunity to schedule a pitch with our team. Our process is really exciting. You're going to pitch us. You got five minutes to pitch us. We actually prepare you for the pitch. We give you a full training. We give you a manual. We give you the pitch deck. And uh, we want to say yes. One thing that's really unique about what we've built here is that when you pitch in the venture capital industry, they're a default no. Like they, they have to be convinced to say yes. yes. We're the opposite. We're coming in with the goal of saying yes. And all that you can do is not show up. And then we end up saying no, because we just don't think you're the right person to do it with. So go to product10k.com. And uh, I'd love to have you pitch us your big idea. And maybe just maybe we can co-found a company together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will post up the link of project, uh, project10k.com uh, in the description down below, also in the show notes. And I'm also going to post social media profile of Jared as well. Well, Jared, thank you so much for being on the show today out there. Any last thing that you want to say before we round the show up? I want to acknowledge you, man. Congratulations for what you've done here. It's really special. I could tell how much you care about your audience, about entrepreneurship at large. And I just see really big things coming for you. And for all of your audience, here's what I really encourage you to do is don't let someone other than you execute on your dream. And what I mean by that is I'm sure you know somebody that had a tech idea or some idea that didn't execute on. And then years later, they're like, oh my gosh, Uber was my idea. But the difference was someone other than you executed on your dream. So when that idea comes up, execute it. For the tech idea, go to project10k.com. Let's see if we're the right co-founder for you. If it's outside of tech, just find some path to execute or someone else will execute on your dream versus you. Awesome. Well, Jared, again, thank you so much for being on the show today out there. And yeah, guys, thank you so much for watching. We're definitely going to see you guys in the next episode. Until then, peace out. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, if you're someone who wants to interview these super successful entrepreneurs so that you can build multi-million dollar network alongside leveraging their audience as well, I've created a script that allowed me to book over $1 billion plus worth of entrepreneurs on my show and you can get it free for now. So just go to billiondollarscript.com and it's billiondollarscript.com and don't forget to leave a 5-star review and I will see you guys in the next one.